Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, this is the I Am Rapport podcast. I have Juliet. I want to tell you, I have Juliet Lewis in the room. Yes. In the studio. Isn't it a fancy studio? This place, you know, this is a, such a studio where I would get in my bikini and go jump in your pool. That's what the fuck it's I'm That t- kind of vibe in Los Angeles. That's what kind of shit we're trying to get going on over here, Juliet. Yeah. So, Juliet, have what? you, first of all, all right, this is the I Am Rapport podcast. Okay. And when I started the podcast, I said in the beginning, different people I wanted to interview. And I was like, I want to interview Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, <laughs> Alan Iverson. And then I was like, this oh is turning into a sausage fest. And the first woman that I said was Julia Lewis. Yeah. I said, I wanted to interview you. Now, I've known you. We've been friends. I was thinking about this in the car on the way over 450% platonic friends for like 15 years almost, I was thinking. Yeah, way back in the day, like nine, at like 94. Well, I, you know what? Do you remember when we first met? It was the movie. What's that movie? Nope. See, it it, it made more of an impression on me than it made on you. When we first met, I was filming a movie called True Romance. Yeah, it was right. True Romance. With Brad Pitt. Yeah. And Christian Slater and all those people. And he was like, my lady's getting ready to come. And I was like, who the fuck? You know, it's like. And then you showed up and it was like, oh, I visited the set. You visited the set. And I was like, and I had just seen. No, I didn't see California yet. I had seen Cape Fear. Cape Fear. And California was coming out. And I was already fucking out of my mind doing that movie because it was like, I was in True Romance and it was like, for me, it was like Brad Pitt, Christian Slater, Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken. And it was a Tarantino Tarantino, big Tarantino, Tony Scott. And then you show up on the set. And like Brad Pitt was famous, but he wasn't Brad Pitt. No, But you knew he was special. Like you knew he was going to be a big star. But I I had been fucking with you since... 
vacation, <laughs> Christmas, but then Cape Fear. Like I didn't correlate, you know, correlate the chick from vacation with yeah. the chick from Cape Fear. But then a few days later, you guys invited me or Brad. Brad Pitt. Brad loved you. That, I, that's all I remember is that that's when my first getting to know you was he said, I have to meet you, that, that you're kind of who he bonded with yeah. on the set. Of we had that, fun. Of that movie. Yeah. And, and then I went to go see California. Oh, yeah. A screening. And it bugged me the fuck out. Oh, cool. That movie <laughs> bugged me out because like at the time, I mean, when, when I first saw that movie, like I think at the time... Like in independent films and like those kinds of performance and that kind of violence, you didn't see that kind of violence in movies, particularly, you know, as graphic and as raw it was and it was sexual. And I was like, damn, it was a like it was a kind of a disturbing movie to see. Well, here's the trip, though, about certain movies is it's you're getting to know these characters and you know something dark is is brewing. But so it's not gratuitous violence. If you remember in that movie. California toward the end is when early, you know, yeah. Brad Pitt's character gets violent. And then the couple, which is um, Duchovny. Dave, Duchovny and Michelle. God, why am I forgetting her last name? With the dark hair. She's good. Yeah, yeah. She's beautiful. A uh, beautiful actress. Um, but they're taking pictures that are very graphic. Right, right, but, right. But the whole thing, there's not much violence in it except for toward the end. But you know it's imminent. So it has that, that doom to it. it but, so it's different than the gratuitous kind of vibe. And then, and then it was also Brad's first time playing something that dark. It was dark. And I think that was exciting for people to see. Yeah, and it was exciting for people to see. But alone from that, it was Brad Pitt. It was the performance. Mm. Like that performance was like fucking dark and like the two of you like i remember like i mean like you did like the sex like one time you were having like sex in the car and like he's looking at david i was like this is fuck. oh it was, yeah that scene it was it was it was bugged out <laughs> for me from my perspective i'm like in the land of adele and her that's like a childlike mind so i i hear you it was like when people saw cape fear and they're like oh my god your character and the sexual and the, you know the sexuality and all this and i'm like what i'm just playing the part of of that girl so i don't look at it in the in the objective you know the way that everybody else sees it but, yeah well it was yeah. we're going to get to all that shit all right. jules we're going to get to all that shit Jeez. all right because you oh, you 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 were like i said you were one of the the, the, the first female i said i want to interview now i haven't gotten to de niro pacino <laughs> None of those guys have showed up yet. So Not you're the yet. first one I got, but you were still on that first list. So, hey, I appreciate so it. The, so I'm going to just throw these, throw these things at you. Yeah. When you get recognized, do you, what's probably... I already know the, what's the question. This is a question I get asked, and it's yeah. kind of annoying, but like, what's probably the... Because you've done iconic shit. Like, I know to you, you're like, no, it's just a movie. When's the next iconic shit? But like no, you've I appreciate done, what you're you've done iconic shit. You. Like you've done like when I was going over the list of things, you you like you've done like four or five iconic roles in iconic movies. That's more than some people do in a whole fucking career. That's cool. Like that's real shit. And even like you know like <laughs> even when you go back like fucking Christmas Vacation, that's iconic. Now that's not like something you'd be like that's my best work, but it's no. still a movie that it spans a test of it's time. It's weird when you when you've you know been around for a couple decades and you look back cuz I had a run. a run. I had a run that part of it I can't say I had any, you know, is luck, luck of the, the, is timing and these other things. But the other part is what I gravitated towards right. and what, and the people that 
validated and chose me and got lit up by me, which is a Scorsese, Oliver Stone, Lassa Holstrom, even Catherine Bigelow for Strange Days. And some of these movies didn't hit at the time and they hit later. Like even what's in Gilbert Grape, that wasn't, all these things kind of became their own thing after the fact. And Natural Born Killers continues to be its own thing. I mean, I'm still shocked when teenagers today, like my friend was, my man was just telling me, he was like, no, that's something that every generation kind of cuts their teeth on. Shit's iconic. Watches some Natural Born Killers, I guess. But, but, uh, so I look back and I have this pride, you know, I'm really proud about it that that's, that, that happened. Um, but, uh, oh, so you're going to ask, what am I most recognized? It's so it's even. Right? It is across the board. It's not what you'd think, like, just... I know Natural Born Killers is a big deal to people because people don't necessarily... They don't often see women uh, play in those tones. Get Buck Wild. Yeah, which, by the way, I have a story about your Buck Wild sentence. You mean I when I say your fuck style no, is I Buck Wild? No, I have the greatest story. Right, I've the, been quoting you all week. All right, because you were getting ready for this. Yes. Well, no, I, before we were going to do the podcast, should I digress and digress. tell a story? Fuck it. Okay, so... Um, my man, I have a boyfriend, I threw him a birthday dinner. Okay. Right? And I'd never thrown, it was an intimate birthday dinner with all his friends. Thanks and, for the invite. That's cool. But keep and going. Just his friends. That's all right. That's all right. It was small. I was, you know, I was nervous. So, I got you. And I, and I wanted to do right by him yeah. and have it be nice. So in my mind, I'm like, I know I have to do a toast at some point in, oh, his, in the thing. And so... What, and I was like, how will I toast him? I want to keep it short. You right. know, I don't want to be too, you know, steal the floor in right. front of his friends. I want his friends to say stuff. And I told him this later. I never said this sentence, but every toast I imagined myself giving him ended with the sentence. And to quote my friend, Mike Rappaport, your fuck style is buck wild. That's what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> so did you, did you toast him? Did you- fuck no. I didn't say you that. Why didn't you say that but to I, him? I said That's it. A, he would be complimented. Oh, no, no, I said it. I didn't have the nerve to say it in front of all his friends, even though that's where you want it said. But I told him in the car that that's what I wanted to say. And to quote Mike Rappaport, your fuck style is buck wild. That's what and the he, fuck I'm saying, Jules. I've only ever heard you say that shit. And I have he a patent on it. it. Huh? I have a patent on that. You should have a patent. Yeah, a f- your fuck style is buckle. It's, I didn't make it up. A friend of mine said it. A it's friend the of mine. Best. It's it's good, right? <laughs> yeah. And it, it says so much. You know, like it gets so <laughs> so much across the board. Like it, it just like you don't need to say much more. No, that should be like a standard quote. It's like a, a like a like a like a toast. Um, <laughs> That, that's a fucking good well, I appreciate well, I love that. putting your name in it. Right. Like, and then well, he's like, what the fuck? Wait, yeah. and then, then it's like, wait, wh- wait why? why? Why is what? What's Mike Rappaport saying that shit? Where, yeah. And where, then how does he context? know my fuck styles? Buck I'm yeah. like, why did he say that to you? <laughs> but 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 to tell anonymous Juliet Lewis's uh, man, me and Jules Lewis. And I say this like I consider you a friend. Yeah. Like me and you are like friends. Four thousand percent plutonic. Yeah. We we I think our bonding moment. And then we're going to make this about you because I, you know, I, yeah. like, people people might want to hear like about our. We we went to the Rolling Stones yep. in like ninety eight. It is a huge moment for me. You you are you've been such a friend on so many levels. Thanks, Jules. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember, but when I got famous early on, I used to get panic attacks. I know, attacks. I remember. You were bugged out, and you you like held my hand through that experience. It's Dodger Stadium yeah. going to the Stones. 
that was a catharsis for me. Yeah. That that goes down as a huge turning point in my panic attack yeah, yeah, yeah. history um, where we I could stand on the ground floor and be a fan yeah. of the Stones and it like helped cure me of this this crazy I used to get crazy panic attacks but but, but, but you were there with me I remember that but the thing about I, the, you know like I with you being a girl and and particularly yeah. at that time in, in in when when you were I mean you're still very recognizable but the kind of recognizable that you were then let's just say the natural born killers recognizable like people used to I remember people used to come up to you extra hyped and like with a lot of energy. So I don't know if the panic attacks were, you would have had him if you had been on a soap opera. Yeah, I think I would have had him. I was so introverted at that time. Just the any extra, but I was like two thin parts because you saw me wild and funny. So I was like introverted in public, but extroverted with my friends. So I was just. But I do remember people coming up to you like, you know, like they were like super gacked to see you. Like, you know, it'd be dudes and and, and women and it would be like, they'd be like, you know, it really not just excited to see you like you know they're seeing like they were like you know like oh yeah maybe it was lit it was the extra extra it was natural born killers it was it was that kind of like that shit that crazy zone that crazy but like you know because those movies were so you know like I call they, them high stakes uh movies they had such intensity because even if i if i wasn't the um what's the word not predator uh even if i wasn't the the aggressor like in Cape Fear it's all it's all De Niro but the genre of it 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 turns on people's emotions yes. like really strong and there was a sexuality so, but, yeah, yeah. but an inadvertent because yeah. this, this was this is one thing that I, that I was thinking about when I was going to interview you because it's a different although we we talk like this kind of but like you when do, I was, yeah you do you always are like yeah but go on no but when I was thinking about interview like when I was thinking about you as an actress and like what makes you interesting as an actress and why did I say Alan Iverson and then Juliet Lewis as far as people I want to interview and I was like <laughs> there's never going to be like no one can bite your style as an actress because what you brought to the game as a female was so unique and it was so. It was just like it was just something that you had. It's an energy. Like I think, right. like acting is an energy. Like Christopher Walken has an energy. Yeah, I always say that. Everybody, too. everybody has their own energy. But for you as a female, there was like this, this energy, and there was a sexuality, but not like with any showing no, anything. Not forced at all. I've never, never seen your tatas. Have you ever huh? showed your titties on on screen? Well, in a goofy way, like in um, California. When oh he right. Says, Put your titty back up. But or in strange. Here, I had a rule actually because dig this. There was a couple scenes. See, my thing, because American cinema is so crazy about sex, I would do a full nude scene if I was talking to my mom on the phone or eating pizza. Right. But I'm not going to show my tits if it's a having sex scene, scene, you see, because... Cause it's so played. That's all they ride right, on right. out here in, in out here in America. So, in the states. In the states. So, but I love naturalism and I love realism. So, so to answer your question, like Natural Born Killers and Strange Days, they were both written where I was supposed to be nude during a sex scene, and I said, "I'm sorry, you got to have her clothes because I can't. I just didn't want to do. It's just too much. It's yeah. too." I didn't want to be exposed in that way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You never showed VJ on, on on camera? I did this French film. I know I wore a Merkin, but I was underwater. <laughs> Merkin, for people who don't know, it's, it's like fake. It's a patch. Thank God. So it was like I, a fake bush? 
Yeah, it, it was this beautiful art film. I'm swimming underwater. Well, that doesn't count. So I'm naked underwater. But no, I've never done like graphic uh, sex scenes nude. You don't that. really see vaginas too much. I don't want to no. see fucking VJs. I, you know what I like? Here's what I like. I like if you literally focused on mouths or literally like sweat on skin. Yeah. Like there's so much stuff that could be sexy without yeah, it being uh, just what it is. I agree. Yeah. We don't need to show loafs. What are loaves? Like, you know, like my loaf. I don't need to show my loaf. Oh. <laughs> you don't need any handlebars? Yeah, any love show, handles? No, you know, I'm saying your loaf, like you, you, your oh, Johnson. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about your, like, gut. Your, no, I'm loaf. talking about your fucking loaf. You know, Jules. but I do have to say, I'm a fan of male nudity. You want to see some loaves? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but you mean in, sexual, in sexuality or in no. terms... So you're saying you want to see loaves, but you don't want to no, show VJs. probably not. It's no. really, I don't need to see I don't want to see these things. If I want to see that, I got my internet. I fucking yeah, go on there go and see it. Else. I like energy exchange. No, I, I like tension and all these other things that play out in sexuality that have nothing to do with orifices and organs. Absolutely. All right, now I'm going to go right to it because I don't want you to be like, I got to go. I got to meet my sister. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have your coffee. I don't want you getting all fucking bent out of shape. I know the coffee thing. You got some. What, this you, is so fun that we're talking and then other people are going to listen to this. Other people are going to listen. Oh. And they're, and they're either going to be bored to fucking tears or, or they're going to be gonna like, hear two yellers. Yeah, but you're not you're not a really a yeller though, right? I, we were yelling a little bit like 10, 20, 20 seconds ago. Oh fuck! All, All right, right well, whatever. No, we'll bring I mean, the fucking we we'll, Yeah, we'll project. Yeah, we'll mix it. We'll put it in a mix. We'll All make right. it seem like we're calm people. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna jump jump right into my first question, mm-hmm. which is Cape Fear. Like you had done a TV movie. What was the name of the TV movie you did? Too Young to Die, which was really fucking good with Brad Pitt, right? With Mr. Pitt, and you kicked ass in that. It was a huge turning point for both of us because he was just coming from Dallas, right? A TV show like a soap opera. I was coming from sitcoms in the late eighties that show no dramatic. And you're flair. a kid though, and I'm a kid. How, How old are you? Seventeen. I was 18? sixteen in that. Sixteen. 16, that got the attention of De Niro and Scorsese. Who, when, who, when they were casting? Yes. Oh, and here's the funny story um, that they told me after the fact. I was the first girl they met on um, out of 500. They went all around the States to find this girl who could play opposite De Niro, you know, and do these intense layered scenes because he's not just a villain and then she's like a little baby bunny and he scares her there's an exchange there's all kinds of cerebral and there's a dance that goes on in that main scene in the auditorium and so they're looking for somebody you know who could hold, hold, hold that with him and do that dance and um and so I met with him in the Beverly Hills Hotel, just me and De Niro. He was watching TV. And he, I guess the, the way they set it up, it was all like, could I hang with him? Could I say hello? Could I, was I, and that's the thing about me then. I was such a dichotomy because I was living on my own. I was, but I was in a grown up relationship, yet I was still a teenager. Right. So I had all that stuff that would be able to play that part. And, and, uh, contrary to what people thought, I wasn't that girl. They right. thought they thought that's what my mentality was, and then that uh, Scorsese just discovered me, which you know was true to some extent. But I wasn't that girl. Right. I was you know acting and knew what I was doing. But um, yeah, that was a trip that they had. They they couldn't believe. Oh yeah, Marty told me later. He's like, 
I was like, why did it take two months to hire me? You know, I kept going back and, and auditioning, auditioning. And he said they could not believe the first girl they saw was the girl. They couldn't believe it. They, they were, they, they, yeah, thought- they kept looking and looking and looking. And then they kept going back to me. And uh, I just remember they kept telling me, you know, I met them in New York because when I first met with De Niro, he was in the uh, hotel and we just had a meeting, so, yeah, a conversation. So wait, so you're 17, 16, you're 16? I was 17. And what did Robert De Niro mean to you at the time? Because like, if you're a 17 year old girl, you're not like mm. Raging Bull, Goodfellas. Like, what did he mean to you at the time? Was he just an actor? Was he like just some old guy? He, it was perfect because... He, I didn't know what he meant to American cinema. I wasn't versed in it. So all I knew were my agents were excited about it and what they told me, like, this is a really big uh, uh, opportunity. So I knew that much. And then only later after I got the job, I watched uh, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas and stuff like that. I think I actually had seen or I saw Goodfellas in the auditioning process, so right. I knew. But that's all I knew about Scorsese. So you weren't as well. like intimidated. You weren't no. like, oh my god. I was just regular nerves going in for a job audition, and I remember, you know, I was not very articulate at seven year, uh, seventeen. Right. So and and Bob De Niro, nobody knows much about him, but he is not right. articulate. So it was like two introverts meeting, but he did help hold the conversation, and there was some um, political political thing that was happening so the news was on right and he just sort of asked me about yeah some topical questions and i just sort of bluffed my way through and we there was just a an energy and attention and then and so i i passed that phase right it was just like a 20 minute meeting and then and then went to new york and did the the auditioning phase and when you and so i know it's a long time ago and i know like that i imagine that you know, like for you, it, it, I mean, it's it's like you can't remember every single detail of what the shoot was like. But like comparing that experience to like stuff, you know, so much more now about oh, yeah. acting and filmmaking. But what do you remember? Like what stuck out to you now about like that film that was different? It's well, it's so funny. And you know this because as we grow older, you and it sucks that you don't. What is they? What do they say? Youth is wasted on the young. Yes. Because at the time, yes. you don't know what to appreciate and what to be grateful for. And but what I do remember is Marty's enthusiasm. The second you walked on set from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., he had the same energy. And it was as if. Uh, 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 like a 10 year old lit up by cinema mm. was making the movie. But I mean, in the enthusiasm, of course, he's brilliant and he knew how he was going to shot it, shoot it. But I remember we were doing scenes where he was doing all these close-ups of the door locking right, right. and to create tension and suspense. And he was so lit up about the shots uh-huh. and how that's going to affect the audience, uh-huh. as well as when me and Bob did this scene in the auditorium. He that time he was it was electric. It was electric, and I didn't know why or how. I just I just. Uh, prepared and and did the i call it the tango the emotional tango because that's what that scene was um but he was so integral to my growth as a creative as an artist as an actress he validated my instincts because at that time i was just raw and all intuition and when i did sitcoms they tried to make me conform to bad acting for sitcoms 
wasn't. Oh my god! You're not built. They, for they hired sitcom. an. I was naturalism. Yeah, and they're like trying to get me to do this other like, thing at the time. And then I work with Marty, and he's fuck. just like setting me free. You know, let me letting me do what I do, which was really internal, quiet, right, complicated stuff. And 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 all right, because I want to talk. Obviously, I have to talk to you about the scene. I know you've talked about it many times, but no, you haven't talked about it. On the I Am Rapport podcast, no, which is by or with you, I don't think. the the I Am Rapport podcast. I don't know if you know this, Jules. It's a fucking worldwide phenomenon. It is. I want it to be. It, 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 no, we're it, super fans of each other. I have to tell everybody. I well, when, love when you. you do the I Am Juliet Lewis podcast, <laughs> and you'll have me on. You can ask me questions. Okay. So so, but let me just ask you, like, what do you, what about Nick Nolte? Because he's such a great yeah. Talk about unique, one of a kind iconic yeah american he's so american yeah like what, what do you remember like he seems like he'd be like he doesn't i'm gonna say like tough but he seems like he's like a you know like he seems like he could be grumpy now he was younger then yeah he was you know here's what it was i i learned about professionalism from all three of them from jessica lang de niro and nick nolte just what it in terms of what, what do you mean and professionalism? I'll, I'll explain they all had such a good temperament, like really sweet. So when you mentioned Nick Nolte, I'm picturing his softness, like how what a kind man he was mm. then. And also, um, they're all really, we had a rehearsal process and they're all asking questions and, and delving into the part and the, the relationships. And then, I don't know, they all show up on time. You right. know, there's no egos. They... They uh, they just taught me a lot of what it is to to make a dramatic movie and how to give of yourself um, and be kind to others and and respectful of the crew. They right. all had that. Yet they all worked differently. Right. So so that was neat to see Marty direct them because Jessica Lang was coming from theater. Right. Where she kind of d does it. Um, well, he told me was, you know, he, he wanted me to ad lib off camera. I remember when we did this one scene to kind of to, to get a different reaction from her. Scorsese was telling yeah. me that. That's yeah, cool. and I was all nervous about that. Like, what? Like you're throwing her different lines. Yeah, he wanted me to say something shocking to her to get. He wanted to get something different, and then you have De Niro, who was like coming up with all he would do. Him and Marty together, like De Niro would. I remember one time I was rehearsing. I was talking with Marty in the trailer. And he's like, I'm going to Bob's trailer next. And I said, okay. Or no, he says, I just came from Bob's trailer. There was a gospel singer and they were speaking in tongues. Oh, shit. <laughs> and there was an organ player or something all in his trailer. Like, this is all going down to prep him for Max Katie. Right. And, but what's beautiful Fuck. about Marty is he would facilitate whatever each actor needed, he's going to give to them and provide or have someone in the production provide. And so, De Niro, who's playing a sociopath, is, right. is, is doing all this, this uh, uh, what did you call it? Extra, um, oh, I'm losing a word. Wait. Extra, something. Because um, he was speaking, he was on that devil shit. He was speaking in tongues. Yeah. And the fact that you just said that, oh, I was just in Bob's trailer and he had a, a gospel was, singer. And he was speaking in tongues, yeah. gave me the goosebumps. Yeah. See, that's the shit. That's Bob De Niro's shit. That's Bob De Niro's, but dig this. 
he didn't bring that to set. That's right. That's so was, then when I worked with him, but I, I was trying crazy. to, yeah. So, cause you hear all, when you're coming up all about method, what method is. And I think we've all heard that Dustin Hoffman story. Yeah. Um, and Alonso Lawrence Olivier. Olivier, why don't you try acting my dear yeah. boy or yeah. whatever? For those of you who don't know, it was Dustin Hoffman stayed out all night. He was hung over. It was all this. And he was because, walking around with rocks in his shoes to he, make him have a limp. Cause he had to play this scene yeah. where all those things were occurring. And then Lawrence Olivier saw this like tired, broken actor and was like, Try acting, my dear boy, right. or whatever. Um, so we hear these stories, and you're like, which way, which, what is the path? Because for me, I'm so into committing and giving 100,000%, but you can still be, uh, you can be focused, committed, and still be kind, and still be human. Right. So you see De Niro playing a sociopath, but when we did our scene where he's basically wants to murder me, you know, rape and murder the girl. He's still at the end of the day, gave me a hug and was like, good job. Right. You know, and maybe he did that to me. Cause you're a girl. Cause you're I'm the young. girl and I'm the young and he's, maybe he is trying to create this trust relationship. Right. Cause our characters are like that. But, right. But also he's not a fucking animal. Yeah. He's not, he's gonna, not he, a savage. And he's not going to try to like, I'm going to really scare this 17 year old girl into thinking. Yeah. But sorry. So, so yeah. this scene in that film, what do you remember about that scene? First of all, wh- how I much? I remember of- a lot. You're how- asking, like, yeah, well, I, I mean, it was a huge movie for me. I mean, lots. Of, I remember a lot. Was yeah. it was it written as was, as it came out, um, and did you know like this is the pivotal scene for the character, and like like did you feel like it was a special scene? All, yes. I mean, all I knew is a very long scene. And you know, we don't often get, I mean, in retrospect, when I watched it, it was a nine minute scene. Right. So Fuck. it was mini theater in movies. You never get scenes with, in, nowadays, it's like a two minute scene. It's all right. cut together. But that was a nine minute scene right. of lots of, of um, you know, cat and mouse, a real uh, psychological tango of him trying to gain her trust, yeah. her not knowing. I mean, all this beautiful stuff was in it, layered stuff. So I knew it was rich with a with lot of um, stuff to play. Um, yes, it was as written, except for like one or two lines. But the, the majority of the scene, that's exactly how it was supposed to play. And then the infamous... Um, thumb in the mouth at the end, that was a De Niro idea that he had told Marty about. And, and the way it was written was in that moment, he says, can I put my arm around you? Right. So me as Juliet. Oh, this is funny. If you watch that scene. Oh, I have such a funny story. Give it to me, Jules. Okay, all right, all right. The motherfucking people want to hear it, Jules. Oh, no. Um, so I had started doing the movie. I had a dream about Bob, like literally, I think the night before, and we were swimming in water. Okay? Oh shit. Nothing else happened, but it was a dream you wake up from. And I all of a sudden had these soft feelings. Okay. Like this different feeling. And I, and then I knew we had this big scene and then I knew in the scene, he's going to walk up and he says, can I put my arm around you? Uh-huh. So Max Katie says that to Danielle. Me as Juliet knows that's De Niro's going to be coming close to me. And then he's supposed to kiss her. Right. So that's how it was written. Um, Marty said to me, hey, uh, he's going to try something. And, you know, Marty, he's like, he's going to try something. He's going to do so. Just 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 see what you do. You know, just go with it. That's what he said. Like, just he didn't want to tell me. Right. 
but he's wanted to make me aware that there will be something different is right. going to happen. So what? And is there two cameras rolling? Two cameras. Okay, so there's two. So the so if people don't understand. There's a camera on Juliet and a camera on De Niro. So you're getting everything as Thank opposed to goodness that yeah. Because what, what people don't know is then you're getting these fresh reactions right. as they're occurring From in real time. Yeah. So that <clears throat> that scene where he comes close to me, that's the first take. We only did it twice, and what's in this scene or in the movie is the first take and you'll see an entire so much expression happening is he tries to do the thumb she stops uh-huh. like no that's weird then he persists and then she's going oh okay is this good you know and it's such a little kid or like a young it's see people talked about the sexuality cuz it is but it's such a young girl before they even know about sexuality. Right. It's more about pleasing. Right. And right. it's more about I- approval. Right. Because there she's having friction with her parents. So she's, we know from his mind, it's invasive and, and horrifying. But for her, she's like, "Is was that good? And you could see it in the face. It's so fucked up. And, and yeah. oh, but the story I was going to yeah, tell you is, okay, there's this, there's a part and you can watch it where it, he goes, can Danielle, I think he says, Danielle, can I put my arm around you? He does. Or no, do you mind if I put my arm around you? And there is a, a delay. Like I take 10 seconds and the blood from my head goes to my feet, back up to my cheeks. I blush. I'm burning hot. And then I say, no, I don't mind. Right. <laughs> and that shit is real. Right. Woo! If I watch that, it makes me laugh so much because I am blushing. Right. It's so real. So that was pretty exciting. That's fucking dope. It's unusual. You don't I get those moments. It, it, it's totally unusual. I mean, and then to be working with those guys yeah. in, in a scene like that, I mean... It's almost as if I, 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 if if you did another Scorsese De Niro movie now, you'd have a whole other experience right. and a whole other like appreciation yes. for not that you didn't appreciate it, but, but, but because you're, it's like now. I mean, me and you have had De Niro conversations. Me and yes. I remember we went to go see Analyze This, and we were we went to go see it day one at the fucking Beverly Center. We were like, we're gonna go see Bob. We're gonna go see Bob. We're gonna, because were we like, we'll accept any De Niro, any fucking, any fucking day. You want to do comedy? I'm I don't with give a you. fuck. Right. That's I what, love it, you. that's what we did. I don't give thing. a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to see it. We were in the, like, and there was no one there. We went to go see it like early in oh the my day. God, analyze this. Analyze this because it was, and he was doing a send up. He was basically doing a, a bit. Spoofing it, himself. Spoofing himself. Which I think is great. Yeah. I think, I think it's like when you, when you've done as much as, as he has done, you could fucking do that. You, yeah. you know the, uh, a segment on the show that I do on, on the I Am Rapport podcast? Uh-huh. The rest of the world knows. You don't know because you haven't heard it, okay. but it's, it is a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> I do it sometimes. I do the De Niro line of the week okay. where I'll mm. talk about a De Niro line. Okay. I'll, I'll, I won't perform it because I'm not going to do that, not but then mean. I'll just talk about what it means to me, what uh. was so iconic about it. So it's called the De Niro line of the week. Ooh, I already got one. But... What would be your De Niro line of the week? Well. Oh, shit. This is a fucking. Yeah, what would be your De Niro well, line of the week? Well, because of the movie. Well, first of all, I want to say two things. One is people, after Cape Fear, people said to me, people in our business and whatnot, they're like, you know, you're going to be spoiled. And I was like, what? Working with this thing, with this caliber of people, you know, you're going to be spoiled. And I didn't know what they meant. 
But what happened was I when I did that movie, I was like, oh, good. This is how it's going to be from now on. Yeah. Like because it was such it was just a dream experience. Yeah. And then you realize 20 years in. No, those are the rare. Those are the diamonds. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to get just a, cu- a few gems in a career. <laughs> then that's that's what you live for but that's it's the exception we know that's not your the main thing so um but yeah the de niro line people imitate these things to me i love de niro impressions bad ones good ones um so i get this one um from cape fear uh what's it come out come out wherever you are <laughs> That's the De Niro line of the week, and it was come we out, a, come out wherever you are. That's people. People come up to you and say that shit, right? They do. Wait, wait. That's the scene where he's out. He they try to. He gets. Oh, he gets jumped. Yeah. Nick yeah, Nolte's yeah, yeah, character yeah, yeah. is trying to like. Yeah. Bang him up. And they flip. He flipped the script. And and, and then he goes, I'm, I'm. Oh fuck! What's the? I forget. Fuck. It. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll philosophize I'll, I'll, you. I'll right. I'll I'll yeah. um. I saw, I know I what you're talking about. After he beats the guys up, right? Yeah, it's some dark. And physically, stuff. that was like you know, like probably the last De Niro performance yeah. where he before he got older. Yes. Yeah, and he physically transformed himself. I'm like, trying to the, think what age he was. Was that late 40s? I think that had him? to be closer to 50. 50s? I mean, he was fucking in shape there. He was amazing. Yeah. Bob fucking D, man. And he had a little, he was sun soaked. And he had we, the hair and yeah, shit. Yeah, we were in Florida. We man. shot in Florida. And you know what's the, like the thing about that performance? It's like his his accent, people be like, his accent sucked, his accent. It's like, first of all, who the fuck are you? What do you <laughs> fucking know about an accent? Second of all, it's like, <laughs> It, 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 you know, people have won a- a- Oscars. I'm going to name names, but people have won and been nominated for Oscars with accents that aren't fucking like, you know, people, yeah. like, you're not this, you're not that. I got criticized for an accent and I was like, suck a fucking dick with your fucking accent. Like, and they're like, Bob De Niro sucked at his accent and Kate, you're like, what are you talking <laughs> you're like, about? Did he move you? Did he instill fear in you? I, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm that's, saying? That's more important. For me, it's always what you feel is way more important than technicality. Yeah, exactly. Because there are some great technicians in acting. They're very Absolutely. good technically. Yes. But I'm not, they don't, stir my insides right yeah emotionally emotionally spill it out on the floor yeah i want to ask one more de niro question because right. you told me something one time and and you're gonna be like damn mike you got a good memory but oh, you know you said like you you were you said you ran into i'll just i'll remember the I'll, oh uh, man at a party and it was at, it was at a restaurant it was at this restaurant oh. called jar i think on on beverly and you said it, or maybe it was at a party but you said something about oh i i made up those lines yeah, tell he schooled line. me. Break, so, break, so tell the whole thing. So now. I actually said this because I kept. I it when was you told beautiful. Me that. I I um actually said this. There was a tribute where everybody was honoring De Niro. So I said this publicly, this story. But I was, you know, I was like eighteen or nineteen, and after doing so much press and. And I kind of developed a chip on my shoulder because sometimes people try to take away your credit or right. whatever, or they think, you know, like, especially I'm a young girl, they were like saying, so-and-so got this performance out of me right. or because uh, Natural Killers, it was Oliver Stone. And, right. you know, so you sort of can get um, a little brash, especially I'm like young right. too. So uh, let's see, I ran into De Niro at a restaurant. I think I was 20 and he went, he had seen Natural Born Killers. Right, right. And this is Bob De Niro going out of his way to tell me, 
you, you did a good job. You did a good job. And in his st- stammering way that he does, and he's like, I just want to tell you, I saw that movie. You did a good job. And, and I went, oh, rather than take the compliment right. like a fucking asshole, I go, <laughs> because it's insecurity, right. no matter which way you slice it. Right. It was insecurity. I go, I go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I made up like 90% of my dialogue because I, I improvise a lot, but that's neither here nor there. He's paying me a compliment. Say thank you. And keep it moving. Yeah, fucking be humble. But because I was slightly insecure or whatever, he, and I said that, and he goes, no, no, no. He cut me off, and he goes, don't ever, don't ever take away from the writer. Don't ever right. take away from the writer or the director. And he literally shut me down. And that moment, there's a handful of moments in this business where I completely changed. Like, I never did that again. I fully absorbed the lesson he was teaching me in that moment. And I, I went, oh, gosh, I was being like not humble i was that was weird that i did that right you know and so that yeah i thought that was really sweet that he I, did that i remember now i remember what you you told me that because i was like i i understood that because that kind of like well they didn't do that you're yeah yeah it's weird take the compliment yeah. whether it's right wrong valid yeah. half compliment whatever like, just thank just you shut the fuck up and be happy that someone's complimenting you on anything i know we learn but we learn because yeah. people you people don't know half of it the struggles you have on certain films and you're or this, that and the other you're a kid I don't know yeah so you do Cape Fear yeah. you get nominated for Oscar <laughs> and I'm bringing it to Alan Iverson because he's famous for cornrows but before Alan Iverson <laughs> Juliet shows up at the fucking Oscars with the motherfucking cornrows before Alan Iverson I think was even in, in the NBA Listen, that's just roll it back before Madonna before, before Christina Justin Aguilera Timberlake. before Timberlake no here's the hilarity I think there might have even before Snoop Dogg came out with like <laughs> it was just like I got nominated for the Oscar I'm too, and then you know what fuck it I'm just gonna show up at the Oscars with cornrows <laughs> And the, I told you this before. I was working on a film the yeah. night of the Oscars. Yeah. I was working on a film <laughs> with your dad called. Hold on, La Femme Nikita. Oh, my dad was in that. Yes, and 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 the night of the Oscars, that you showed up with cornrows. We're just gonna keep saying that. All right. I was shooting La Femme Nikita with your dad, and and I kept saying, "I hope she wins. I hope she wins. I hope she wins," because I was a fan and. You didn't win, but let's talk about the Oscars and the blowback of the fucking corn rolls. Like, like that, like that, like that, like seemed to like the blowback. I mean, it was like, it was as if you had fucking showed a butt ass naked. Like people were like, didn't know what the- Let me explain something Break it down. Thank God, wait, but thank God, you should say this. Thank God Twitter didn't exist then. Because imagine you showed up at the fucking Oscars and Twitter existed with the fucking corn rolls. But here's the thing. Break it down. I didn't care. That's the thing is I was, I didn't know- at all i wasn't i wasn't conditioned to think in those terms like we all are now like what you're wearing your looks it was like i joked with my friend um my man that i was like a feral cat like Uh but even in the industry i didn't have like a stylist or any training so for me what did i go to I went to, but you knew you were going to a hookah party no, in Venice I, I Beach. I knew it was the ball. Here's the thing: the re, what the braids were for me yes. was when I was a teenager. Uh, the kids I was hanging out with, they did my hair like that, and I felt raw. I felt tough, and right. I felt badass. Right. And so my simple mind at that time, I was 19. I was like, 
oh, I got to go dress up. What should I do with my hair? Oh, well, I felt raw and tough and strong with this hairdo. So I'm going to revert back to that. Like it was such a weird, simple I got you. frame of mind. And then I, the dress I wore, I went and bought at a thrift shop. Right. Like I had no formal styling. But when I showed up like that, the the questions they kept asking were like, what statement are you trying to make with your hair? Like everybody thought it was some political right. thing. And I was just like, what? I, I really was like, I'm fucking hip hop, bitch. I just was walking through it. You were on the some DJ Quick was, shit. It was pretty bizarre. The next film I'm going to talk to you about is Husbands and Wives, which oh. to me is one of my favorite Woody Allen films. You came like, and a lot of that was filmed where I grew up in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. And like, you were like, and I know you're not like that. Oh, yeah. No, that's like not my world at all. But you well, came first of all, educated, college, knowing all those writers. Right. Um, you didn't know what the fuck you were no, saying. No, the brilliant thing about Woody Allen is he writes so good, um, you know, and riffs so good. The characters just sort of riff. That uh, I just resorted on what I always resort on, which is committing. Commit mm -hmm. 110%. Mm -hmm. If you believe, they'll believe. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm playing a college student who's, who's you know, who's, um, gosh, so what's the word? Not precocious, but, you know, who is a little bit cocky and she's drives She's a manipulator. Yeah, yeah, and she's manipulative. So uh, it was just something so well written. But... Um, Woody, he again. I'm walking into a thing where he's giving me all this freedom because Woody right. Allen notoriously doesn't hold your hand. Right. He doesn't direct much. He just writes great material and then sets you up to be filmed. And um, yeah, he didn't say much to me. Isn't it? Isn't it the ironic? The most ironic shit is that the if you do an episode, let's say a bad episode of TV, or you do a bad film, unless you're working with someone who's really, really specifically great, mm. and they're into detailed specifics, but I have not worked with those kinds of people. Right. But the majority of the great experiences that I have had, whether it be in TV or film, are when you're with people that let you feel comfortable, and that they, they like what you just said about Woody and Scorsese, where they... They tell you, they encourage you to bring things to the... Yes, they give you the environment. They set, they create an environment that's creative, that, that is fertile. Like Oliver Stone, he wanted the best from you. He would love people to come up, with, improvise, come up with ideas. I wrote scenes in Natural Born Killers. Actually wrote them down? Yeah, I wrote a s scene where, like, there's this one scene when um, Tom Sizemore visits Mallory in the jail. Right. And I say... With the singing? Yeah. Before... The singing is written, but where I say to him, he's sitting there, and I say... Because the, the subtext of the scene is I'm just winding him. I'm reeling him in like a... Uh, no, a cat with a mouse. Cat with a mouse. Or, or no, like a spider with a fly. Because I Spiders start going... Spiders and flies? Did yeah. They, they, a spider sets a web. So with they, a fly? For the fly. I, I'm not the one that eat. fucking do the analogies with the fucking animals, Julia. Okay, I got you. Is, the people will know. The, the people point is, she know. goes, you know what I've been thinking about? Flesh on flesh, mm. sex, fucking. Right. That, when I wrote that because what is she? She's going to a base level thing to just light him up. And I, so I wrote that. So on a napkin in the hotel room. And he was the, like, cool. And yeah, was, I showed Oliver. And he's like, good, do it. Let's now, hear it. That fucking film, like to me, like I've watched that movie so many fucking times. And it's like, 
you, you st- I still can't make total heads and tails of how it was shot, the black and white, the eight millimeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the, the whole Mixed thing. Mixed media. The whole yes, fucking thing. Like, so, so now you're still young. Like, you're on a fucking roll. Like, you did Cape Fear. You did the fucking Woody Allen movie. I don't know if Strange Days was before that. No, that Strange Days is sort of the end of that, of the thing. And then I took time off. But, 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 but Natural Born yeah, Killers, so like, talk, talk about that. I did Gilbert Grape. Oh, well I, well, I didn't mean to skip over Husbands and Wives. The point is, to echo what you were saying is... The best directors, they know, they just know what they're looking for and they create it. And they also create an environment to, to, that you can excel and yeah. bring your, your best. And they're not micromanaging no, your fucking... No, they're not micromanaging. Scratching your nose or picking your every yeah. fucking... You didn't say it and you said yes. it. And I, it's We've like, all had that. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I can't do... I'm like, at this point, I'm just like, okay... Like I, I, I used to like fight and argue, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I used to get mad when older actors didn't. But now I understand. It's like because you, you're not going to win that fight. You're going to look crazy. Yeah, I think we're we're both talking about similar jobs we've had. Like I'm doing a TV show now that's creatively fulfilling and nurturing, and there I, I love my bosses, my show creator. But I've done another show where I did get micromanaged, where the guy, if you said, if you forgot to say um. He, and my, I, you're not no, Shakespeare. No, well, the other thing is, it's like, why did you hire my breed you. to do this? Yeah, why? Why just hire? There's all kinds of robots. There's all kinds of people, especially that, someone like you. Yeah. Like you're, you're bread and butter to me as an actress. Like I know you're a technical actor, but your bread and butter is your emotional depth. Like to me, like when I'm like. Whether it's comedy or drama or, or, or whatever, but like when you like are at like that that raw, comfortable place, whether it's like old school or fucking breaking shit in, in natural born killers or even that fucking TV movie that we talked about, where like you're fucking like I want to see this chick break a fucking table, <laughs> like that's like your shit. So like why? I do think people like to see me. You they angry. do like to see you fucking yeah. go nuts because you. I mean you do it, but it's so rare that you see a girl do it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and 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 like and I. That's why I like watching you perform live with your the music. Rock and roll. That's because where that's you like, see the guttural stuff, the visceral, whatever word you're you doing. Fucking use. somersaults. You're like it was like cause, <laughs> primal. I, I believe we call primal. it primal. Yes, but like I mean, go. like because I think there was even a project that we were talking about at one point. Of, of, I, I think it was a friend of mine. They were talking about doing the Iggy Pop story, and you were in discussions oh, yeah. to play Iggy Pop, and I was like. Oh, yeah, that I makes fun. That. And he was like, I think I might cast a girl. I think I want to cast Juliet Lewis. I go, do it. I Fucking. remember that. I think yeah, it was it Nick. It would have been so fun and inspired. They never ended up making that. It ain't over till it's over. Yeah, you know. Natural Born Killers. Was it a fucking nut house? Was it crazy? Like we're seeing, like like we're scenes, we're scenes, were the beginning and ends to scenes. Was it like a was was there a first AD? Because it seems like I it's know. just like it's anything was a happening free for all. And it was a bit of a guerrilla production, like uh, like all kind because guerrilla meaning uh, a, a skeleton crew. You know, this crew shooting this, this shooting this, and non narrative. That was the other movie. I had to just just be present. Just each scene is its own animal you know like when we were in the car and and the cops are going to stop us and we just took mushrooms uh, you know as it's written you just have to 
play make-believe the whole time. We were just playing pretend. And it's a bit psychedelic. And he used, Oliver used, some of the stuff that's in there was our screen test. Oh, shit. So literally you're like, we put, he, he, he stood us in front of screens with uh, lighting right. going over us. And that was our screen test. And it was in the film. And it, he ended up using bits and pieces in the film. So even him, he was just sort of doing his raw, It was to me it's like Oliver's psychedelic movie in a way. It was like his, breaking the mold the filmmaking yeah. is fucking great yeah the editing and the filmmaking the editing is is off the charts because if you knew how much was shot the editor to find to 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 carve out that movie was a task i mean that's a huge undertaking and then bob richardson i, I have to say that dp i mean he's won awards he's yeah. he's amazing uh it, it was a tough shoot and then the talking to the camera like there's like i told you one time like i said i i was doing a show i it actually got cut out but i i said to you I, I, I said, I think I told you, I said, I've stolen from you and Tupac as far as actors, amongst other people. I've stolen from so many people. <laughs> I love the, no, but it's true. Uh, the company I'm no, in. No, that's fucking true. I, 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 I say this, like, but there was a, there's a scene after the, after you guys kill the Indian chief. Yeah, I know exactly like, what you're saying. Why? 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 And I right? just turn, I go into, into the, the camera. camera. Like, is he saying, yeah. say that, like, like that's the kind of thing, like, like what I'm saying, was it a free-for-all? Like, did you look into the camera by accident? Yeah, he didn't tell me to do that. We, it was just, that's the set I was on, that that's what I could do. And the camera half the time was in our face because it was ha- handheld and he wanted that he almost wanted to make he wanted to make it really uncomfortable for people and so the filming represented that the way it was filmed i remember um one of my favorite stories is when we walked through rattlesnakes yes me and woody so we're outside in the desert it's night there's there's a rattlesnake wrangler okay so that's a guy wait those are real rattlesnakes I'm going to tell you right now, there's real ones mixed with fake ones all over. And we're going to keep it fun and we're not going to tell you which ones they are. Well, I be, you know, I'm, I like to practice some safety in my life. So I watched, I I talked to the rattlesnake wrangler and here's what helped me before we shot this scene where we're supposed to be tripping and clumsy and on mushrooms and we walk through rattlesnakes they're supposed to be everywhere and then he gets bit so that's the scene they had shot um a close-up of a real rattlesnake biting a jean a fake leg Uh that had a jean pant on it and i watched them film the scene and it took forever to get the rattlesnake to bite the jean and Uh i was like i thought rattlesnakes just go after you right away and the guy the rattlesnake wrangler guy he said no it's cold when they're when they're cold when they're coiled up, it's really hard to get them bite. Most people, it's when it's hot, it's in the day, and and rattlesnakes will bite you. So when I saw that, it made me feel slightly safer. I wouldn't want to walk into one, but it, it made me know they're when they're coiled up, like when they're cold, they just stay coiled. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just to show you how I'd like to give props to me and Woody, the, the camera guy was like, I'm out, not doing it. Sorry, I'm not fucking I draw with the, the line at walking backwards because he would have had to walk backwards filming us. He's like, I'm not, even though you're putting him a few feet away. Fuck that. He's like, I'm not doing this. And so Oliver just got in the other cameraman because there's like two camera guys who, who would do it, which I think was Bob Richardson. 
Um, but yeah, so we didn't get bit, but I like to say I walked through rattlesnake for, for all for stone, for natural born killers. Yeah. And, and so, and so that Shit, film, sorry, that's what, my sister. What the, that's tell my her to sister. Fucking, is it fucking Brandy? Yes. Tell her to fucking mind her fucking business. No. You're here with fucking Michael oh. Rapport. You're doing the Iron Rapport podcast. I'm saying podcast. come to Hollywood. I was going to meet her in shit. the valley. No, We're fuck not that doing shit, it. man. Come to Hollywood. Fucking, you know, it's Talking my fucking time. fucking Mike Yeah, right now. fuck that shit. And, and, and where's her fucking husband? Tell him to fucking take a fucking You walk. need to do the next podcast with Ethan Suplee. Oh, I'll get him He'll for sure. school you all about art. Yeah. He's, a big, he's an art dealer I, I'll guy fuck now. With, I'll fuck with Ethan. I'll fuck with Ethan Suplee. Ethan's the best. You guys will he, have so much he's fun. He's a good dude. Ethan Suplee, everybody. All right, so all right, so let me let me skip it. I can't talk about everything. We, yeah. What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Great fucking movie. Iconic. Johnny Thanks. Depp. Leonardo Leo, DiCaprio. Leo killing it in that movie. Um... Fucking Strange Days, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Where's she at? When are we going to fucking She won an Oscar two years ago. I love The Hurt Locker. Really, really good. She was intense. That was not a light set. I mean, none of them are light, but uh, she likes to do things over and over and over again. Um, well, she did then. I don't know how she works now, but that I only say that because it was she's a she's a painter and she says that herself. She uh. she approaches it like a painter, so she likes everything. And that was a really ambitious movie, right? Right. So she likes everything has to be working right in mm-hmm. it. And uh, there was a running joke with the crew; they wanted to get a shirt that said. It's perfect. Let's do it again. Uh-huh. So That's you what get, she was saying. Yeah, yeah, that was her vibe. Like, it's perfect, but let's do it again. Right, so right. She, and that's the Kubrick kind of fashion where you just keep doing it and doing it. But um, Which I've never worked. Yeah. I, like, yeah, Kubrick's the person you hear the most You hear that story. 75 takes yeah. for, like, walking down the street from three. You and I wouldn't, I, I don't. Uh, Stanley, I fucking love you, and I would have loved to have worked yeah. with you. But, and he's a New York Jew, and I feel like we could connect on that. <laughs> but the 75 takes and the cameras, you know, down no. the street. It might not have worked. And okay, I'm going to skip forward. What about old school? That was uh, an op- mean, it was an opportunity. Just you're to- funny in that. Thank you. It was funny because wh- when was that? Like ten years ago. Yeah, Nobody knew. More. You know, I'm lighthearted. Yes. You know, so I still had the reputation. People when they would meet me. Th- Think I'm gonna like lose my temper right. or and break some shit? I'm gonna go schizo, run your head into a door. Yeah, which would be awesome. Yeah, but I don't do that. No. Um, so <laughs> uh, actually, you I, should start doing. I that love tomorrow. that. No, I, I've joked with people now when I meet them. I'm like, what do you want? You want me to smack you around? Because I, I get the vibe. Some people do want me to smack them around. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so old school was a great opportunity to be funny. It was just a cameo. Todd Phillips came yep. to me for that. It was like, do you want to do this? It was uh, to Did you shoot have any idea that it was going to be that good? Like from the script or like, did you read the script? I knew the script was funny, but I had no idea it'd be like this, this movie that everyone saw. And oh my God, Will Ferrell, Frank the Tank. I live, we live for Will Ferrell in that movie. It's so good. So I just had that one scene in the beginning. I thought it was funny. It gave me a chance to do, to do a certain kind of girl that, right. that is a different breed than me. Right. And then, and then uh, Todd liked it. So they added another scene for right. me at the end with Will Ferrell. And we just improvised that whole scene right. in the grocery store. Yep. And um, I loved I loved doing that with those guys. It, and all right, and then what about the, the movie um, that I felt like was kind of like 
back in the drama shit was the the Hillary Swank Sam Rockwell flick. Yes, which I loved. And you you're like playing Southern white trash. And no, 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 not Southern. She was from Boston. Oh, up right, in, Boston. Uh, yeah, that talk about an accent. That was really difficult in the trailer. Yeah. And, and and that was, I mean, that movie, you know, I it was, wasn't Boston. It was Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts, but in the country, like, like it was, it was even different than the city. But anyway, but, but go on. no, but not a lot of people saw that movie. Like, yeah, I conviction. Like that, you know, like that's a really good film. I thought so. I thought just because it's in, it's a true story. I thought Sam Rockwell's is really fucking good. Um, that was special for me because it, it was two scenes one of the scenes was one of the hardest things I've ever done because of all the twists and turns the character does within the scene. Yeah. So all I'm ever looking for is things to test myself, to challenge myself, to do the untried, to be uncomfortable, to be, you know, the opposite of a walk in the park. Right. right. You know, that's what we do. Um, it's a, I joke sometimes with people that I'm... Uh, a mas- I have a masochistic heart uh-huh. as, as a creative soul because uh-huh. I don't know you want it to, to hurt a little or feel uncomfortable I don't know why because you're going to depths then right. you know you've you've achieved something right um and you've you've done something you didn't know you could do right, right? so conviction was one of those parts and I had been I was with my band you know I had a rock and roll band for years right and took off and did that and was touring and making that was my livelihood for a while and then I came back to do that kind of drama it was really exciting Meryl Streep what did that mean working with her it it, I don't in know. August Osage. Osage. Yeah, August Osage County. It's from a Tracy Letts play, yes. a play that won a Pulitzer Prize. Yes. Um, they made a movie. It was a whole bunch of amazing actors were in it, but it was Meryl Streep. So. But how good is she? Like when you're seeing her, like, you know, I to know. To me, she's the, our De Niro. You know, you have your De Niro and then there's Meryl Streep. So I, I she's everything you'd want her to be. And I connected with her on so many levels because she. She, again, she doesn't throw her weight around on a set. And she is the queen. When she is on the set, that is that is our... our it's like Picasso or Van yeah, Gogh. Yeah, yeah, it's a Picasso. And when she's she, actually in between action and cut, yeah. are, are you like, wow, this... I mean, like, are you, are you like seeing the greatness right yeah. in front of you? Yeah, she had a, a part where she was um dying of, of cancer and she was a pill addict and but funny mm-hmm. like all these things and when she would turn it on and it's happening and the camera's rolling she, to me i just liken it to channeling cuz you work with other actors they're like they're doing a good job they're giving it but she's it's otherworldly her talent and beyond that what i learned from her is how it can be done, how you can sustain and have a life in this this uh, wild, wild industry we're in and be graceful and loving and kind and humble and funny. You know, she's all those things. So, so yeah, that was, it was a real honor to spend time with her. Okay. And we had dinner, we, and, and at our house and, did scenes and all that. Yeah. And she's like regular in real life, right? She's yeah. like totally cool and yeah. fun and there's no like fucking weirdo artist type of like she's like cool, right? Yeah. All right, two more questions. I know you got to you need I'm like a sausage or something. Hallucinating. Okay, here we go. Three if you had to bring three records with you, if you were going to a desert island, I'll say five. Okay. You're never coming back. 
and you you got to bring three records with you, what records would they be? Hmm. What albums, CDs, doesn't matter what format, but what five records you get to bring. Okay, I'm going to go... Neil Young, um, I got this record. It's called Decades okay. or something. So it's not even. It's a, it's a bunch of his songs from other records, I believe. But I think it's Decade or Decades. Neil Young. Okay. Um, That's one. You got four more. You never. It's hard hear. because I have endless Bob Dylan. I'm just going to the classics. Sorry. I you don't got know. five records. This is the rest of your life. You're Wait, never five? Gonna be... I thought you said three. Five. Oh, I, I need some. You want to only bring three? And then I thought your, you said three. No, but it's five. Five, Jesus. Uh, I don't even know records because I just have tons. But Bob Dylan, I got to bring some Bob Dylan. I'll bring the record that has, well, God on my side. Okay. Um, God, what was another song I was listening to? Uh, I don't know if it's on the same record, but She Belongs to Me. All right. I Want You. This is all Bob just Dylan. Just because I like you, you could bring the whole fucking Bob Dylan collection, right? Okay, Because you're breaking uh, my balls. You got three more records. Now, you better pick anthology. the whole fucking record, okay? Hmm? The whole, just the record. It's not. We're not bringing the greatest hits from anymore else. I'm gonna go Jimi Hendrix, Bold okay. uh, or Axis. What's it? Of Love. Is it? No, it's not Axis. Bold is Love. No. I know the album. It's the other one that's more trippy. You can listen to it from start to finish. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna pick things that are coming to my mind. I'm going um, Miles Davis, Bitches Brew. Okay, and you got one more. Actually, I would go Miles Davis, Star People. Okay. Not a lot of people have heard this record. It's beautiful, amazing. Okay. You I was go- listening to it when I was 16. One more record. Uh, let's see what else. I know you love I, David just, Bowie. I know. I thought of that, but you don't. I can't do greatest hits. I just know these greatest hits. I'm just going to go Underground. With, yeah, I was thinking... Um, no females? Come on. You, you're, oh, you're, yeah, you're, 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 are you a feminist? I'm going to go... Would yeah, 100%. Feminist? Okay. All that is is female proud. That's okay. it. That's it. You'll, you'll cook a or, motherfucker and, and some steak and eggs, right? Some, uh, oh my gosh, I'm traditional. I'm like loving. I take care of my man. Oh, no. I'll do his laundry, stuff like some that. Some of these new age feminists, these broads won't even make no, some they, popcorn they for a motherfucker. They don't have it right. They don't have it right. It's you know what not, I'm saying? It's man loving. I'm a man loving feminist. Okay, That's but, my quote. But I'm, because I'm saying like, you know, like you could be a feminist, but can I get a ham and cheese sandwich? That's all I'm just sure. asking. You know what I'm saying? We give and take. We yeah. give to each other. I think people got it confused, but feminism is just, you just, Want to be, you know, have some equality and not just, and not the constant sexualization. It's right. Like, it's just requiring people just to be a little bit more thoughtful right. in, in their approach. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see. Uh, I'm going to, I could go Fleetwood Mac or okay. I, I want to go Velvet Underground, like you okay. said, but I can't think of what record. That's fine. I just got the anthology. You could bring the whole box records. set. I'm bring the whole fucking box set. I'm getting Velvet Underground box Fine. Set. Okay, we're done. Everyone else is going to just show up with five records, Julia. You're going to show up with a whole All box of them. All of them are box sets. No, but people are going to be out on this island of people with the records. Like, they're yeah. going to just have five and they're like, why the fuck does this broad have like a whole fucking because package? Because I can't decide. I like diversity and it's in my music. Okay. Although I, I went to the Staples, the, the Staples, Jimi Hendrix. Dylan, Neil Young, these are all my go-to. I'm just saying, other people on the are going to be jealous. Okay, and then my final question: the same thing. There's no, there's, there's no screwing around here. You get to bring five movies, the last five oh, movies you're going to watch the rest of your life. Pick them. I don't have to be in any of them. It's fine. Go ahead, pick them. Oh, five movies, Jules. I'm going to go to. Okay, what about Bob? Bill okay, Murray. That's good. You want some humor on this island because yeah. things are going to get bleak. That's my happy place. Okay, that movie. Um. 
well, bleak. My I like really dramatic Francis, but you might want to kill yourself after you no, watch that's, it. It's so dark. Yes. Jessica Midnight Lang, right? Yes, Jessica Lang, Francis, about a woman that gets a lobotomy yes. by her wonderful mother. Yes. Um, it's horrifying. It's a feel-good movie, too. Yeah, Midnight Express, another okay. feel-good movie. Yes. Loses his mind in a Turkish prison. It's so beautiful. There's a scene where they're all walking around in this in a circle because they're bananas, and he wants to walk the other way. That scene could bring me to tears. I could pause that scene and talk about life with you. He, he just wants to walk the other way, and they cannot. They're on automatic pilot, and he's just trying to upset the system but not in any dark, horrible way, but just to go, you can walk the other way. Sorry, I get impassioned. No, I love it. I'm glad. I get impassioned. I, you have to watch I, for that scene. That's what I want to fucking hear Ooh. from you, Jules. That's why I'm asking these questions. I wanted to. I get emotional this. about that scene. I, like, that's I why I'm asking these questions. It. That's why I'm asking. It's and you're, so and you're like, I just want a piece of turkey. But this why this is the shit that I. This is why I wanted to interview you because I know you get excited about these things. Yeah, I think, but I didn't even know how much that scene meant to me because Midnight Express. Most people think, oh, he's trying to get hash and he gets put in the jail and all the torture. But to me, that scene is such a comment on on the human spirit and his resilience and all this stuff. I love that you just said that. Yeah. Now you got two more movies. All right. So, um, oh, Being There with Peter Sellers. That's my go-to. Again, this is another movie that's almost philosophical. Um, It's beautiful. He kind of walks on water at the end. Mm -hmm. It it, it messes up your mind a little bit. You're Mm -hmm. like, did we watch this or is it this? Mm -hmm. and, And he's a savant. Um, and he makes all these metaphors about gardening and people think he's a brilliant philosopher and he was just a gardener. So again, it has a little bit of this magic to it. Yes. Okay. And then speaking of magic, I'm going to go to a Fellini movie called Knights of Cabiria oh. that I wanted to remake, but it was very hard to get the, the rights. Um, Juliet, what's his, her wife? No, it's um, not Juliet Messina. Is it Juliet Messina? She's, she's like a Lucille Ball. Yes. She has a Lucille Ball quality. She plays a prostitute. Yes. But she's a rebel. So yes. these are all things that I identified very much with this, in this. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Oh, of- good. These are my go-tos. I'm glad I passed that test. Um, all right, that's it. The people are going to want more. They're, they're going to be like, you didn't ask her this. You didn't ask her that. It's fine. She'll be back. And she needs well, feminism, food. like oh, so many things, loving your man, like all kinds of topics. But I need some food. You need some fucking food, it's and you sad. know what? I, I got I got shit to do too, Jules. So yeah. This is the I Am Rapport podcast. It's been my pleasure to interview my friend, and I, and and I was able to For play fan Juliet Lewis, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure. And also tell yeah. the people at ABC for your new hit show. Yeah. Why isn't it on demand? It's not. Like, I don't know any of this. I'm new you need to this. To tell world. them, tell because, them put it on demand. Yeah, because if a motherfucker wants to rewatch it, because yeah. they're interviewing on the podcast, like want to, you know, like if, if you don't record it, I should be able to watch it whenever oh, I want. I, yeah, let me ask about Call that. Call fucking higher ups and, and get that shit going. Just they let need them know. To be hip to that demand. The, on demand shit. You know I'm what I'm saying? Anyway, that's it. This is the I Am Rapport podcast, and we out. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jules. <laughs>